0: You're listening to Arrowhead Radio.
1: He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because He's good.
0: You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We,
2: need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths.
0: And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me... One of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise.
1: And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, wow. I'm about for heaven and it's, it's forever.
0: I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations.
2: Good morning, Martin. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Martin.
2: Good
0: morning, Mark. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Glad to have you here. Good to be here with you guys.
1: I was telling Mark and, and uh, Grant about your uh, gift to be able to uh, memorize Scripture and how you love to study the Bible. And it's been an encouragement to me and an inspiration to those that, that listen that the Word of God is very important to you. you also learning <laughs> Spanish. Did you know that, Mark?
0: Uh, no, that's great. Now, what is the link you have with uh, someone that speaks Spanish? The uh, lingo. Oh, okay, right, great. Right. You like languages?
2: Uh, yes, I do, yeah. I'm trying to study two languages. I'm trying to learn two. Oh, my mother's uh, Malsi language, I like my family, I'm Malsi, so I'm trying to, also try to
0: learn, learn that language as well, I'm starting to anyway. Uh, I, I love languages myself, too. Have you always lived where you live now? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was born here in Fredericton.
2: Well, my dad was—he's uh, a Western Cree from the Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, from the Musqueam First Nation, and my mother's from here, from a uh, Maliseet, from the Melchi Nation
0: here. So, and father's Western and my mother's an Eastern.
2: <laughs> Bring the
0: East, East and the
1: West. West together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm an East and Venus is a West.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, tell us anyway, a little about your family. I come from a large family. Grew up, we all grew up on the reservation here and. In Fredericton. Back then, they called it the Devon Reserve Number 30. Then, as our a reservation here. And I guess we grew up in a, you know, in a small home. That we were the richest people in the world. we were kind of on, on the poor side, and yeah, it was pretty hard in those days back in the day when we were, we were growing up on the reserve. My father was uh he was in the military, volunteered uh, in the Canadian Canadian Armed Forces. He took was part of D-Day and uh, on the invasion of France when the Germans occupied France. Yeah, and he also he was, uh, he was wounded in action, and, uh, so we had to ship him back to recovered well, and so he met my mother, and they were married in uh, June 15, 1945. My father volunteered back then. He was just a young man. He was only like, at 17, so he volunteered to go over there to uh, take part in uh, D-Day. It's
0: an important part of his life, for sure.
2: Well, it was, but it also affected him. It affected him in a negative way. Back then, uh, PTSD was, wasn't was a common thing back then, but they didn't know about you know, about how oh, this war affected my father. And, his, you know, his life, yeah. had a lot of trauma. Because I believe, uh, he used to wake up, sc- in the middle of the night, he'd get up screaming, yelling. He, and uh, he told us the horrors what happened when he was over there in, in uh, France. The worst thing he had to do was kill people. He had to shoot people. And it's the worst thing he had to do, he said. Mm-hmm. But uh, he seen a lot of horrific, horrific things, too, like people being you know, shot apart, whatever, and I guess one of his best friends next to him got shot in the head, and I guess the mortar, he got hit by mortar. My father got shot in the leg, he was cut, he, he had a cut from the bottom of his foot, right to the top of his thigh, that's where the mortar hit my father, but the next, his, his uh, friend wasn't so lucky, he killed. he was killed, I guess he did a horrific job on his when he got hit in the head, I guess, so my father, he lived those memories, and whatever would do his pain, I guess he became an alcoholic, So my father drank, I drank, I drank, I drank a lot, heavily, when he was on the reserves my father he, he did work you no know, he wasn't an uh, educated man so my father took on a dirtiest work he could find to, to feed us you know he end up working in a scrapyard uh breaking batteries you know you know when you break batteries there's acid in the batteries yeah no. he'd come home always supposed to be eaten by the acid i'm mean, surprised he wasn't blind or or even uh burned from this acid that the acid would fly everywhere yeah. you know and but anyway anybody may come home and he'd supposed to be all eaten by the acid so uh, oh, my father wow. took a uh, he was a hard worker. I guess he worked he worked very hard to uh, support us. But again, he had, a, he had a problem with alcohol, and some days he wouldn't come home. Like some payday, he wouldn't come home. He'd go, out and get drunk and spend all the money to feed us. And that's when, and him, you know, that they didn't get along very well. Then they'd be fighting a lot of fighting and a lot of yelling and things like that. And so it kind of traumatized me as a young as a young man, too, as a young boy growing up. Not just me, my siblings as well that we know we uh, had, we experienced this uh things that were happening in our in our lives at that time, you know, with the all this dysfunction and and he gets so drunk that he he was out in the middle of the night, he throws out of the house and went in the middle of the winter and that yeah, we had to go move around to my grandma because we had no place to go. So but anyway my father I didn't really I didn't realize, you know, that why he was right the way he was because of well, because of Tommy he suffered as a in the military and my mom and uh you know, she was a good provider. My mother was a good provider, She took care of us very well. When my father didn't do it, he, my, my 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 mother would step in. Back then, now, we also, we'd do uh, work. We'd move to uh, the States to work down there in the fall time to earn money for our clothing. For and uh, we'd also go make a couple to make money there again. These are the things we did back then. Yeah, there was nine of us in the, in the family. And like I said, it was a pretty large family. And We had two bedrooms. We had to share beds with you know two or three of us in one bed. There was no heat in the house, and there was no washroom. We had to, you no, know, use a pail at night. So it was pretty tough growing up on the reservation back then. Wow, yeah. that's
0: got to be true, yeah. Wow, that affected you. Your dad's trauma affected you and his drinking.
2: Yeah, did, yeah. did, put, uh, you put fear, fear in my life. When I was growing up as a young boy. I always had fear for. Him. I was full of fear. I was. I I was taking anxiety attacks, but back then we didn't know what it was. I Had this whole sense of fear. That I was. I was. Going, I was going to die. And I. I literally grabbed onto somebody, and say, "Help me! Help me! I'm dying! I'm dying! Help me!" When my father was drinking. He was. He was nasty. Eh. He, he. He didn't. Don't get me wrong. My father was good. He was a good man. But uh, when he's drinking, he was. He changed him. Eh. When he was sober, he was a great dad. He took us fishing. He took us, you know, out and cut woods in the forest and things like that. And, and he was like, well, no, a good, hard-working man. But again, but when he's drinking, he changed. He was uh, mean and nasty and put fear in my life. That's why I think why I suffered with the fear growing up as a young man on the reserve. When was the first time you heard about Jesus? I heard about Jesus at the times we were going to the Blueberry Fields. We had the missionaries come here, here from the organization there, no? the Canadian Vatican Commission. They come and minister to my father uh, Blueberry Fields and the potato fields of Maine. We would work these missionaries with the followers around. In our, you know, they had a little RV, homemade RV. We used we want wagon. <laughs> 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 and this, this wigworm wagon would follow us to the potato fields in maine and to the Bayfield. fields and work the missionary would invite us into the wigworm wagon and uh, they would teach us the bible it's the first time i heard about jesus you attend church on the reserve here it wasn't like they taught you the bible or anything like that it's kind of I think, a religious thing you know and so i knew about god i know there was a god but i, just, I didn't really think that the he existed i guess i just heard of him I just like when we're in the church or when i see jesus he was on the cross Hanging there on the cross. That's one of the years I knew back then as a child, growing up.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you cope with your fear?
2: That's a good question, Mark. I had this fear laying on into my adult life, and I still had it, until about 1998 when I accepted the Lord in my heart, my, my light. Uh, God removed that fear from me. Like, I was afraid of everything. I was afraid to cross the bridge. I was afraid to fly. I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid of everything. And out there, when I accepted Christ in 1998, I was set free from this fear that I
0: had. Did it ever come back? Like, Did you ever uh, wrestle with it after that? it's time to creep in, but I always, always think about, you know, God's with me. He's always on my side, so i got nothing to fear.
2: No, I can, <laughs> you know, even go into a mob on myself. Anyways, I'd, I'd have these panic attack attacks, but now I can go anywhere. Now I can walk into places. I can, I can fly. I can, I can go anywhere I want myself. I'm not, I don't experience that fear anymore. It's gone. You know, and I think a for that. Tell us about your wife. You have one amazing wife. I met my wife in uh, 1970, I think it was 1973, I met her down the state, I met Susan, while I was working down there, and we moved back to Canada, we got married, we had five kids, amazing woman, she loves the Lord with all her heart, She's good to have a praying wife too, she prays a lot, she, she prays for people, and, you know, our families, our communities, and all that, we pray for of things, that she's uh, faithful to the Lord, and she's an amazing woman, I uh, just
0: love her so much. She keeps you straight too? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful.
1: One thing about Martin and Sue—they have great big hearts, and they're just willing to do what they could for anybody. When it comes to the gospel, and when it comes to just being able to reach out and wanting to uh, see people come to the Lord.
0: Yeah. So, what is your burden, uh, Martin, for your community and for other other people?
2: Look, no, please. What- Talk about that. i like to just explain how we come to know the Lord is my life and uh, how Susan gets to know the Lord too, I guess. Before, like I said, we were kind of, uh, will that question in a minute, but I want to go back to where I Please come to know the Lord in my life, I guess. We've been married for uh, 46 years now.
0: Well, congratulations.
2: Yeah, we get married in 1974 and we had a child. We didn't want to be able to pass too much, but uh, our marriage wasn't that great <laughs> in the past know, a lot of drinking going on, things like that. But I just want, I'm not here to glorify that. I'm here to glorify the Lord, what He's done in my life. And Amen. Mm-hmm. But the thing changed in uh, 1998 when uh, Sue was, uh, there was no hope, no hope. And we thought there was no hope in our family. Our marriage was falling apart. And, you know, it wasn't, wasn't very good back then. I wasn't a father I should have been, you know. But in uh, 1998, uh, you know, I'm not to glorify me. I'm not to glorify God. God God done in my life. And it was certainly God that changed my life. And I uh, accepted him in nineteen ninety eight and I said, uh, just since I wanted to read the Bible and I got into reading the Bible, I read it every night and it gave me a piece that I would never known before. And I reached out to God and God and uh you know, I was still kinda of stuck with alcohol and so I asked one God one night, there's God, you know, I can't do this on my own. I need I need your help because alcohol has been in part of my life so for time, cra- I I had a craving for it, that I ever, you know, I couldn't get rid of it. And one night, you know, I was uh, still kinda of dabbling it after I you know, after the heart the uh, Lord in my heart, I was still kinda of dabbling in alcohol. <clears throat> so night, I guess the Lord's my heart. You know, he kinda of showed me that, you know, I can't I can't be serving two masters. Like the Bible said, you can't just serve two masters. You got the one who hates the other one, right? the last Lord, Lord I said, no, I need you to help me to take this cravings away from alcohol, you know, he I asked him for help and uh prayers said, Lord, I just need your help me and uh yeah, go ask my prayer. He that's my prayer. If I could never like you know, I ate. the last time I had a drink of alcohol and that's that's Last time I, just when I gave it up, and and have had a drink since then. So I, I praise the Lord for that. At that time, we had our bread for our people too, as well as we know there's a lot of kazoos up there. We thought, you know, because Sue was talking with uh, prescription drugs at the time, and uh, so she knows what it's like to be addicted to substance. And you know, even though it's a prescription drug, she's addicted to it, being addicted to drugs. And my, my vice was alcohol, but we know there was a lot of kazoos up there, so we just prayed the Lord, Lord, and. So use us, Father, for your glory, for, you know, bring glory to your name. We want to glorify you and bring others people to you, Lord, Father. Just use us, Father, any way you can, Lord. And God just put on our heart to them. We should, uh, started, uh, we should, we should start a Bible study on our reserve, but we never knew anything about Bible study or anything like that. How does that matter? let God Put everything in place, I guess. So we've been having Bible studies now for the last, almost, well, since 1998, so over 20 years, and we have it every Tuesday night. And many of our people, many a lot of our people, have come to know Jesus Christ through his Bible study. Not just our people, but a lot of we got we got some books are written uh, logs. Where written now people that come in to study is well over a thousand people that come to them doors at the school. We have a supposed to get school every Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Speakers come and share the gospel. The uh, knowledge go out and uh, share the gospel not just here, not just here, but uh, all land Atlantic Canada. And we have been to some reservations in the past, you know. Which we all share the gospel and we also do so we also do a prison ministry and uh, we have, we have our, right now we have a women's group that goes on visiting the elders on the community the widows and we also have a men's group every Monday night Monday sorry Monday afternoon we have a luncheon we invite men from the community over and we share the gospel with them as well so our heart is right now is to reach our people with the
0: good use of the gospel of Jesus Christ you were thinking of uh, trying to Get A building in the community, right?
2: Yes, we are. That's one of our uh, visions is to have our own building on the community. Right now, we got the plans all set to go. We, we, we the plans We're trying to get a uh, non profit number for here on the reserve. Our name is the First Nations Christian Outreach. We also have a youth group on Friday nights. We have many people, many youth. We have still we have a few volunteers from the organization to help us come along. And right, our, our vision right now is to have our own building on the reserve, We're trying to get a piece of lot on the community. So if people want to pray. They can pray for that. We get a building lot. So we can build our, our building. building. We just yeah. want to dedicate that. You know, it's used for its ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be counseling rooms there for counseling. there will be a uh, main area for activities with the youth. Also, we uh, you want a chapel in there. You know, have all services there on the main floor. Right. On the main. So that's our plans. Bible well, like says we commit our way to the Lord, our plans will succeed. So we'll commit everything to the Lord right
0: now, along with our vision there. Community there that trying to offer help to people. Yes, we are. Yeah, like you know,
2: we we don't we we're not be able to can say, but it just, we're just we're totally, you know. I think it's God's will, so we wonder what God's will is. So double time ago, God's will. God says, I don't up I, all want me on to me, right? So just we lift up the name of Jesus Christ, you know, in the outreach. Yeah.
1: And you also took some counseling courses too to be able to help those that need counseling.
2: Of course, sir, with the Providence Seminary in uh, Manitoba, with, to the Northern Youth Program. It's uh, Claire and Claire
0: Schnubbs. So we all got a degree in uh, biblical counseling. We're really glad that we can have you on the podcast. Is there a Bible verse that is really dear to your heart, one particular that you could share? The first verse I remembered was uh, John 8:12 12, that Jesus says, uh, I am the light of the world.
2: We're, walking, please me, we're not walking in darkness, but we have light of life. That's a, that's a special verse to me because I, mean, I forget that, you know, I used, I used to be in darkness, but now I come to the light of Jesus Christ and the saving grace. You know, I'm not walking in darkness anymore. You can give me life, you know. The old is gone. The dead flesh now will make life through Christ. That's the most scripture that flows to my heart right now.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That's that's
2: great. A- yeah, sure. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, okay. No problem.
0: Uh, Is your wife around?
1: Right here. Maybe she'd like to share with us. Hello, Beanie. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Sue. I said we couldn't let you uh, not say anything. That's all right, Beanie. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any
3: encouragement to share? Well, yes, I do. You hold on a second. I'm going to grab my Bible here, Beanie. When I got saved, I remember sitting on my bedroom floor, crying asking God if he was really real, if he'd speak to my heart, because I said, you know, simple enough that I'd really understand it. I remember just crying and weeping, and, and I was really scared because I was just in the place of my life. And I remember like a little kid, I went on the floor, I closed my eyes, and I asked God, I said, just speak something into my life now that I'm real, that you're really hearing me today, and then you're just not a million miles. He gave me Jeremiah... Twenty-nine, verse thirteen. He says, "If you seek me with all of your heart, you shall find me." And, and that spoke volumes to me. I mean, yeah. you know, I gave I my life. I just—I've made a real mess. I've made bad decisions, and you know, I think like most people, we play God of our own lives. We're trying to be in control of things, and and that day, I—I had to control to my life to to Christ. My mom had gotten in touch with me, and she'd asked me to come home. And and, uh, so I did. And and when I went there, you know, she was acting kind of, in my eyes, a bit strange. She kept wanting to get me alone. And, and uh, so she got daddy bear to go and take the kids to the, to the store. And, and uh, of course, little Rick, he knew something was up. So he was, he wasn't going to miss a beat. so So my mom took me down to the bathroom and she started quoting verses from the Bible to me. And, and see, my mother never knew anything because I was very prideful because my dad said, you made your bed, you lie in it. Don't you ever complain? And I said, I never would. I'd never show him. So I never told them any of the stuff I was going through. So she was quoting these scriptures and telling me that God wanted to move in my life. And I, I, was, I was sitting there kind of angry, <laughs> moving my life. But I, I remember even that day, she was trying to pray for me, and I was uneasy. And I thought my mom had had a nervous breakdown, I'm I'm being honest with you, because I knew my she had a lot of major trials in her life. But I went home from that, and I'm going to tell you, I couldn't sleep nice, because I remember peace on her face that I didn't understand, because I certainly knew my mom in her life. And that mm-hmm. really intrigued me, reaching out to God. So was
1: Martin accepting of your new experience with God? No. <laughs>
3: thought I was crazy like I thought my mom was crazy because I tried to wake him up one night and I did wake him up he's kind of grumpy and I said I want to talk to you and he goes about what I'm just going to tell you something you know God's really real I said yeah I know you say you know him and I knew him but we didn't really know him I mean we knew of him but we had zero relationship with him when I told him he he uh, he got quite angry, really. He said, uh, "You keep this stuff from my kids." And he said, and you keep it to yourself." And and uh, I'll be honest with you, I was jumping on the bed. I was like a kid, free for the first time. And I told him, I said, "You know, I've been with life since I was a young woman. Make me choose this day between you and God." And I said, "I'll tell you something, now, I have no idea Sorry for my life, but I trust him right now, and I know no matter what happens." And so I continued reading the word of God to ignore me. And it wasn't until a couple months down the road that he was sitting at the kitchen table reading the paper because he liked putting the paper up between me and him. I was the Bible after I did my dishes. And uh, I don't remember that day, but I was reading the scriptures. And all I remember is I was looking at, he had tears in his eyes and he goes, I don't know what happened to you, Susan. Whatever it is, I want it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we went to the sinner's prayer and I'm going to tell you, we had not ever heard the sinner's prayer because we attended a church where you made your own way. It was through works, you know, you had to do certain things. And so it was, you know, it was wonderful. He didn't go to work. I can tell you, uh, first after that happened, he grabbed our daughter, Elizabeth, and he was he was telling her how real God is. And he's here he's not, he's not a million miles away. And He loves you, and he started hugging her and loved her. And and actually, on tribal trail, doing a testimony saying that her father was drunk because he'd never done that before. It caused quite a difference in our family, for sure. Um, It really did. I think after we both got saved, we sat on the couch literally crying because it's like we opened this big package, and it just... He opened it up and it was, it's set free. And we knew that our community was bound by these very things. It was from that, that, you know, it ended up that we, who oh, and started the Bible study. I'll, I'll say not us, but God did.
1: He couldn't use,
3: but he certainly, uh, he used us as vessels.
1: That's incredible.
3: It is. Mm. Miracle, really, because he, he said a lot of people, a lot, um, Richard and Melody Paul, we, we didn't know they were serving the Lord, and they certainly didn't. And, you know, they knew who we were, and we knew who they were. So, I mean, when each couple heard that the other couple was safe, we were going, like, no way. <laughs> but, you know, we got to meet. Wow. You know, we, it just was a bond that's never been broken. So they're very much a part of the outreach as you are being in. You know, I know Vini shares that she prayed for fellowship in the First Nations, and and God has granted that to her because she's a a vital plays a vital role in the outreach also. So, you know, God has brought so many people together uh, for His glory. It's all about Him, not about us. Right? It's not. He could have used anybody. Anybody. (laughs) And and, you know, looking out, I think when I read the Bible, you know, he used everyday people, fishermen. They weren't these as the world standard is, right? Well,
1: if you were to drive on St. Mary's Reserve and
3: you drive up and down
1: Malisey Drive, you'll come to a big house with a cross on top of the roof. That is where Martin and Sue Bear live. Mm. They made their stand.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, we have. I mean, we've been so grateful. I mean, you know God has done so much in our lives that you know I can tell you, we certainly didn't deserve it ever. But He can take broken people, and I'll tell you He can He can do things to them if they're willing. You know, and that's what you wanted. It's not you don't get saved by works. And He's a just God. You know there had to be a punishment made for for all our wrongdoings. So. so I'm yeah. just I'm grateful for what He's done in my life and in my family's life and. But, I mean, for anybody out there, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel, listen, worthless, and you know, just any way out or, or any solutions to their life's problems. And I can I can tell you, it's Jesus. You know, and mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people say, you know, you Christians can't do anything. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm the freest I've ever been in my life. I'm not bound mm-hmm. by prescription drugs. I'm not bound by Anger and rage. He takes things that are broken, and I'll tell you, he puts it together Mm -hmm. so much better than he could ever do. He takes our Mm -hmm. brokenness and really masterpiece, really. Yeah, he does. And most people
1: think, most people think when you accept Jesus that you have to work from the outside in, but when Christ Mm. comes in, he starts from the inside and works out
3: absolutely you know and it's a it's a process i mean things aren't all going to be in one day you're going to be this um perfect person where we're none of us are perfect there was only one person that was and that's christ himself but man i can tell you we're not the same people we're not perfect but we certainly have come a long ways and i can see that in the other people we fellowship with and and the miracles that god has done in so many lives you know and and today it's like people are going well. Show us miracles. Well, I'll tell you, I look in my life, we're a miracle. We were dead people walking. I mean, seriously. And we've been raised up again and given a new life. That's a miracle. Right there. Yes. Some,
1: yeah, someone said at one time they said you should have seen Marty Bear before he became a Christian. He was he was drunk all the time and now look at him. It's just
3: a brand yeah. new man. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. true because, I mean, you're so grateful. I mean, we have been. We know where we come from. We're just so grateful that we want to serve Him and bring glory to His name. It's not about us anymore. Yeah. And, and that, mm-hmm. I think we had that conversation last night being in our Bible study is that before we came to Christ, it was self on the throne. <laughs> really. Yeah. Me, me, me. You know, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to try to control our own lives. And, and you know, in that we make a big mess, but God never walks away from us. He's just waiting for us at any point in time. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. He still loves us. It's up, yeah. it, it, it's up to us, you know, to come to the end of ourselves, you know, and know that we need a savior. We just can't do it. And it's important to stay with other believers. So yeah, it, it's very important to be with other believers. I think of Joy Nash. I mean, she's been a, a mentor to Martin and I and Papa Donna. Don Nash, he he certainly was a mentor. He was like a dad to all of us. But it's important to have those people there, especially when you're first starting out, right? Mm. So, and to have fellowship, get into the Word of God. Because, you know, there's, you don't know the Word, you don't know God. Because, I mean, we can all say, God, yeah, we know He exists, but we don't really know Him. If you don't know Him, I mean, you're missing out on a great thing, a great relationship
1: martin mentioned the youth group can you tell us about the trip that you made to the states with the youth
3: group absolutely beanie uh, we've uh partnership with uh, another ministry in the states uh, on eagle's wings and uh what that ministry does it's uh the work with uh first nations kids across the u.s and canada so we went there we The youth we were working with, uh, we actually uh, were able to take a bus. And I believe at the time, Beanie, correct me if I'm wrong, 21. It was 21 that went. And uh, you go there for a week. It's a wonderful ministry because all they charge sincerely is 25 U.S. dollars for the entire week. And that means three square meals a day. You don't pay a cent more. Uh, They provide lodging. And they work with the you throughout the day and adults, uh, teaching them the word of God and how you can implement the word to your own life. They show different people that have had struggles themselves and how they've overcome with Christ. And I'll tell mm. you, it's one of the best ministries I've, I've ever been involved with because there's such a love and mentorship for the youth and those youth then go on and, and, uh, They go out to different communities and they share Christ with other youth. Um, It's just such a beautiful thing. And Mm. our youth have been really impacted, but not only our youth, we have.
1: Mm.
3: We've been, it's touched each and every one of us and it's, it's grown our group closer together because I mean, at night you sort of go over the things that the different things that people were involved in and what they learned for that day and how it, Thanks to what they're struggling with and how they, they see that they can overcome. So it, it's really fantastic uh, ministry. And, you know, we mm-hmm. pray our kids today will be a part of that. You know, that we'll have some represent St. Mary's going across to different First Nations. Because we have some that are, are uh, really grown in the Lord
1: i think the best part of that is that uh the ones that were doing the teaching and the musicians were all native mm-hmm. absolutely for the, yeah except for the leadership the organization they were missionaries themselves and had the burden mm-hmm. and the desire to reach uh native uh, native americans young people
3: and that's how they feel is best done is by um their own people coming in these communities right and it does, it works. I mean, it's, uh, it's a wonderful ministry. I, I just, uh, I'm in awe of it really. And it just gives such a, it helps build the self-esteem of our young people because like you said, Vini, they see First Nations sitting up there leading the worship. Um, they see First Nations people that are sharing their own testimonies and struggles and how they've come to Christ. And, and that makes a big difference makes a big difference because they really understand these people are coming from reserves. They understand the, the challenges in community. It's not like they're outside looking in, they live it every day. So that's where I think the connection is really strong. And their lives haven't been the easiest either. No. So, I mean, they're looking to them, seeing that they've come to faith in Christ and how it's changed them and how, you know, and they're sharing that testimony with other young people who are experiencing yeah. hopelessness and the being overwhelmed and thinking there is no way that things are ever going to change. And that's a lie. Things can change.
0: There is hope. Mm.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you much,
1: very much, Sue. Wow.
0: It was great having you on the podcast today.
3: Well, thank you very much for having us. We appreciate that. And may the Lord continue
1: to bless you and your husband and your family and your ministry.
2: God bless you both for taking this time out to my story.
0: This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash anbc.ncem. Look for a new episode next week wherever you find your favorite podcasts.